the title of this morning's message is I am free and I need you to get that term in your life not just in your head but in your heart that you are free because of what Christ has already done with us on the cross of Calvary or done for us on the cross of Calvary and now we're going to talk about um sin this morning and a lot of people are like oh I deal with sin all week long I don't want to deal with it again on Sunday morning no we're going to get you set free from it so you don't have to deal with it all week long amen and so the one big issue that we fall into a lot of times, it's the area of unforgiveness. So this is going to be, um, uh, for the first five minutes, I'm going to talk about the knowledge of forgiveness. The knowledge of forgiveness, and then the, after that, I'm going to jump into the part of the message that's the action of forgiveness. Because it's easy to learn the knowledge of forgiveness, know what forgiveness is, know how to do it, know what the terms mean. The action of forgiveness, it's a whole different story. Can I get an oh yeah on that? So, so the action of forgiveness is it's a hard road to walk. It's a hard thing to, to do, and there's several times on a Sunday morning and now I get two opportunities on a Sunday morning to say something that you could take in a certain way and develop an offense toward and begin to walk in unforgiveness even towards me as the pastor of a church because I may have phrased something a certain way I may have said something a certain way I may have had the opportunity to say something and then, and it hits you wrong and you're like well I cannot believe he just said that and there's probably a lot of times you say I cannot believe he just said that in a Sunday morning worship service and so I want you to begin to learn this in your in your Christian walk begin to forgive quickly and stay in a mode of forgiveness every day of your life if you ever want to be set free to walk out the walk of God in your life you need to forgive quickly and stay in a mode of forgiveness in every area of your life and so let's talk about the knowledge of forgiveness just for a second the Bible says this in Psalm 103 Psalm 103 verses 1 and 2 and then we're going to jump on down to verse 10 it says bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me it's impossible to bless the Lord if you are walking in unforgiveness David the psalmist writes I'm going to bless the Lord O my soul that's not his spirit it's his soul it's his mind his will and his emotions he's going to make a conscious decision to bless the Lord bless the Lord O my soul and all that's within me bless his holy name bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity now jump on down to verse 10 with me and it says he does not deal with us according to our sins and I am so grateful for that he deals with us according to the blood of Jesus And if he dealt with Joel according to his sins you would never even have an opportunity to hear me because he would always be dealing with me according to my sin and so he doesn't deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities, and that's just as important. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards us who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Now there's three terms in there I want you to grab a hold of. You have sins. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins, nor does he deal with us according to our iniquity. And then also the term, so he moves our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. Now we're going to talk about those three terms just for a quick second because the knowledge of forgiveness is truly found in here. Sin is the overall covering that term that encompasses transgressions and iniquities. So sin is the overall encompassing term and so within under this category of sin you have iniquity and you have transgressions. Now iniquity and transgressions are two different things so as you read this you got three terms sins, iniquity, and transgressions. Now iniquity is this. It's the inward motivation of the heart. It's the inward thought it's the inward desires and no transgression or physical action of sin has ever been committed without an iniquity first being in the heart the iniquity that is in the heart is always the forerunner to the sin that's committed in the hand so iniquity is the inward motivations of the heart transgressions is the outward actions of the hand I'll give you a real blunt example of what I'm talking about iniquity is lust adultery is sin Jesus stressed this very strongly with the Pharisees when he addressed it with the Pharisees he said this he said you say do not commit adultery 
Jesus said, I say, don't even lust in your heart because if you've done that, you've already committed adultery. So Jesus took it a step farther because all the Pharisees were thinking, as long as I don't commit the actions, I can window shop all day long and I'll be fine. But that's not true. Jesus said, if you got even iniquity in the heart, it's just as bad as the sin in the hand. The issue, Jesus said, it's a lot more than the outward action. And Jesus was trying to get them to the point that if you have an outward action, there's an inward motivation. Jesus, in dealing with the inward motivation, will change the outward action. That's why so many believers never get set free from sin and especially unforgiveness in their life because of this. You're trying to deal with the outward action, not the inward motivation. If you'll deal with the inward motivation, you'll be able to change the outward action of the hand. Jesus, he sets you free from iniquity and he removes your transgressions or your sin or the outward action of sin. Isaiah 53 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquity. And this is so key. He was bruised for our iniquity. Now what is a bruise? A bruise is where you literally bleed under the skin. Well, iniquities are the inward motivations of the heart. So he bled, he bled inwardly for our inward motivations that need to be changed. He was wounded and bled outwardly for the outward sins or transgressions that we commit. So he bled inwardly for our inward motivations. So therefore, those inward motivations that you cannot seem to control, Jesus already paid the price for it. So God can truly say, I don't deal with you according to your sin or your iniquity because he bled inwardly for the inward motivation and he bled outwardly for the outward transaction or transgression of the sin. And so when Jesus sets you free, he sets you free from the iniquity because he bled internally. He removes your transgressions because he bled outwardly. Here's why it's so important. Um, here's why forgiveness is so important in, in the area of being free. Listen to Exodus 34, verses 6 through 7. How many of y'all love your kids? Say, I do. If you love your kids, this is a pivotal verse in your life. The Lord, the Lord your God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands of of generations but listen forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity upon iniquity upon their children and their children's children to the third and the fourth generation god starts out declaring who he is he's merciful he's gracious he's abounding in love he's long-suffering and he's forgiven the iniquity and this transgression and all of sin by no means clearing the guilty because jesus christ had to pay the price for your guilt but Jesus says, if you don't deal with these inward iniquities, they'll visit your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren down the line. You need to be set free this morning for your kids' sake, your grandbaby's sake, and your great-grandbaby's sake. You need to start dealing with internal things in you for your kids' sake, your grandkids' sake, and your grandbaby's sake. I'm nowhere close to thinking about grandbabies. I'm just trying to handle babies right now. But I know it's important for me to be set free because when I get set free, it's dealing with my kids, my grandkids, and my great-grandkids. And you know what? I would much rather my great-grandkids look back at me one day and say, wow, the righteousness and the graciousness and the integrity of my great-granddad was passed along rather than the lust, the addiction, the problems, and the guilt that they'll have to deal with. And but get this. Iniquity visits the third and fourth generation. The blessing goes for thousands. 
Can I tell you, you can store up righteousness, not just for you, but for generations down the line. It's a whole different message, but I believe that God has blessed this church, and particularly uh, uh, my life and my wife's and Jeff's life and his wife's life, uh, not so much because we did so great and we went to seminary and Bible schools and all, and all of a sudden, that's got a part of it, but I believe my, gra- my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, their family, on up the generation, have stored up generational blessings that are now coming into fruition in our lives that will continue to pour forward in the lives of the future amen i got a whole nother message on that and i don't have time to get into it because i got to get into this issue of unforgiveness but if we don't deal with sin and unforgiveness is a sin this is what begins to happen in our life so you got sin iniquity and transgressions that we're going to deal with now that we have um, a basic knowledge of sin and a knowledge of why we need forgiveness here's the action of it the action of forgiveness it's receiving it everybody needs to receive forgiveness It's also giving it, and everybody needs to give it. And in that action, those are the two of the most difficult actions you'll ever do in your life. And now here's what we got to realize. The consequences of walking in unforgiveness is really this. It'll keep you chained down. It'll keep you tied up. It'll keep you shackled from your anointing. And it'll literally get you to the point of committing spiritual suicide. I'm going to say that again. It'll keep you chained down, it'll keep you tied up, it'll keep you shackled from walking in the anointing, and eventually you'll be committing spiritual suicide. That's how powerful unforgiveness is. That is the power that you begin to possess when you walk in unforgiveness. And as you begin to walk this road, the very first thing it does is it begins to chain you down. It begins to hold you down from everything that God's called you to do. And now the first thing I need you to deal with this morning is everybody say, forgive me. Now, when I say forgive me, I'm not talking about, I'm not asking you to forgive me. I'm saying Joel needs to learn to forgive himself. Joel needs to learn to forgive himself because if I walk in unforgiveness towards myself, it's literally like this chain that I have here. Being chained around my neck. Not just once, not just twice, but it begins to burden you down for an eternity. Now I'm going to attempt to go as long as I can, walking with this 30-pound chain around my neck, and begin to watch how it begins to affect my mannerisms, the way I do things, the way I jump. The way I walk, the way I run, the way I get animated. Because spiritually, this is what unforgiveness is doing to you. It's chaining you down. It's tying you down. It's keeping you from being all that God's called you to be. And so in this process, the very term we got to begin to deal with this, the literal term that we're trying to get across is not you forgiving me, but it's you forgiving yourself of everything that you've done, of all the sins you've committed, of those things in your past life. And this is what God really hit me hard with today. Many of you who are in this room who have gone through a divorce in your life, you have a hard time forgiving yourself. You come to church as an act of penance, not as an act of receiving freedom. 
What does that mean? You come to church as an act of penance, or if I do enough good, maybe God will overlook my huge mistake that I made when I went through a divorce, and maybe, just maybe, God will begin to use me once again. I'm going to tell you this. If you've gone through a divorce in your life, your spiritual life and your anointing is not done. It is not over with. God has a plan to set you free, to change your life, to bring you into a place of true freedom so you can walk out in an anointing like never before. You must begin to learn to forgive yourself in everything that you've done wrong. Now listen to this. A lot of people, they enter into these things when something happens in their life. They commit something that we call in counseling an inner vow. An inner vow is simply this. It's a decision that you make. And it's based on faith, but it's based on faith in yourself, not in the abilities of God. Many inner vows are made because of neglect or, ne or abuses. They're made because of neglect or abuses in your life. Such as when, if you grew up and your parents worked all the time or your dad worked all the time and it was never there, you said this, I will never do that to my kids and now you find yourself being a workaholic. Right? Or if your mom always spoke to you ugly or she treated one child better than the other and you were the one that wasn't treated so well and you made this decision, I will never do that to my kids. I'll never do it. And you find yourself doing the exact same thing that you are grieved against that's an inner vow. Now listen to this. When you're dealing with yourself, when you made that statement, it was based on faith in yourself, and you are making a statement of faith based on your brokenness, your fallen thinking, and your ungodly emotion. You're making a statement based on your brokenness, your fallen thinking, and your ungodly emotions. But when you make a faith statement based in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're making a statement based on God's wholeness, God's holiness and on the power of God himself do you see the difference when you try to make an inner bow and do an inner bow and you're dealing with it in your own strength you're saying I'm dealing with this I'm dealing with this situation with brokenness with fallen thinking because you're not thinking like God and you're dealing with it with it in ungodly emotions ungodly emotions are taking place and so you make a decision based out of ungodly emotions. In the midst of ungodly emotions, you begin to get hardened and bitterness in your heart. And you need to learn to forgive yourself. To forgive yourself. And you need to let those things go. You need to begin to let them go on. Now, now literally, when we do this, we got to begin to come to an understanding that what forgiveness truly is. Forgiveness is this. The word forgiveness literally means this. To release to let go or to turn loose. To release, to let go, or to turn loose. The illustration that they give is literally this. It's like when a boat is tied up to the bank of the shore in a river and the rope is extended because the boat's trying to go downstream where there's a stake stuck on the land and that rope to the boat is not letting the boat go. Do you get the visual? Some of y'all need to fill that boat up with a bunch of junk and cut the rope loose and let it go. That or you need to watch the movie Frozen about 20 times and get, let it go, start going through your head. <laughs> Some of you guys got to make a decision this morning that I'm going to turn it loose, I'm going to let it go, I'm going to release it because the only thing you're doing when you're holding on to it is you're chaining yourself down. And some of you have been walking under a chain for so long. It's beginning to get heavy, it's beginning to hold you back, and it's beginning to dictate how you live your life. Everybody say, forgive me. Forgive myself. i got to begin to forgive myself. If you don't begin to forgive yourself, you're never going to be able to be set free. Let's talk about forgiving others just for a minute. Forgiving others 
And in this process of forgiving others, forgiving others is the key to your freedom, not the key to theirs. Forgiving others is the key to your freedom, not the key to theirs. We've heard some of these phrases before. Unforgiveness is like drinking deadly poison and hoping somebody else dies. Right? Unforgiveness is like drinking deadly poison and hoping somebody else dies. Because you're mad at them. I'm I'm going to hurt them if they hurt me, so I'm just not going to speak to them anymore. Right? You're drinking deadly poison hoping it affects them. Well, somebody did something to me a long time ago. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to make sure that their life is miserable. And so you spend your whole life focused on them, not on him. Right? Some of you have gone through messy divorces in your life, and if you'll let that divorce go, God will bring you to a new place. If you'll let it go. Some of you have already, uh, have already entered into a new marriage, and you're remarried, but you're still hanging on to the old divorce, and it's affecting your marriage now. Let it go. Turn it loose release it let it go down river let it go listen y'all got divorced to separate but you've done everything but separate in fact you've bound yourself to them even more and they're off living a happy life and you're miserable because you're focused on them now listen to this deadly poison is also like this it's like holding the anchor of a ship and jumping overboard hoping the other person drowns Right? Now, how silly does that sound? It's like holding the anchor to a big ship, and I'm going to jump overboard, and I hope you drown. Right? That's what unforgiveness is truly doing. You're killing yourself, hoping the other person gets brought down because of it. You're killing yourself in the process. Unforgiveness is like being chained down when the person who you feel has wronged you goes free. I'm going to tell you a key this morning to forgiveness. Listen to this right here. Here's the key to forgiveness. Jesus forgave you so you could be free, but listen to this, also so that he would remain free. Jesus forgave you so you could go free, but also so he would remain free. Do you remember what Jesus Christ said on the cross at Calvary? He was on the cross, and he said this, Luke, in Luke 23, 34, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Could you imagine Jesus going through his whole life, living perfect, now he's hanging up on the cross, and he took an offense, and he was mad at you because of your sin, and died and ruined the whole sacrifice. Jesus literally did this. He said, Father, forgive them, and because he said, forgive them, forgive you, It set you free because he had the power over sin because he was sinless, but it also kept him free. If Jesus had to forgive to stay set free, Joel has to forgive to stay set free. And listen, there's a lot of people who around the world think, oh, you're the, the pastoring life, it must be so great, it must be so wonderful. Listen, I have more opportunity to take an offense than you would ever dream about. And, and here's the true matter of the position that we hold here. Every time somebody leaves the church, it hurts. Every time somebody misses a service, whether, they're, whether they just slept in or it hurts. Every time somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, I just really didn't like it when you did this or when you did that, it hurts. Whenever you pour your life into a ministry and into people and you're doing all you can and you want victory for them more than they want it for themselves, it hurts. It's tough. And so if I don't keep my heart in an attitude of unforgiveness, I will become like so many other ministers out there, bitter, 
old, decrepit, and die with no anointing. I will not let that happen. God's got way too much in store for me to let everything else hold back what he's got planned for me. And so in this process, you must begin to forgive others. You must begin to let forgiveness flow. And finally, I want to talk about this this morning. You need to forgive God. You need to forgive God. Now, hold on just a second. That is theologically the most incorrect statement somebody could ever make, okay? Doctrinally, that is the most incorrect statement somebody could make. Because God does not need to be forgiven of anything because God never sinned. But here's the thing. Some of you hold God accountable and responsible for something that happened in your life. And you say, God, why did you let that happen to me? And you've held a grudge against God. You need to let it go. You need to release it. Listen, here is the true thing about an offense. And this is getting to the heart of everything that we're coming to. Here's the true thing about an offense. Luke 17, 1 says this. Jesus said to the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. That means it's impossible that you won't have them. You're going to have an offense in life. It's impossible to go throughout life without offenses. But woe to him through which they come. Now listen, that a word offense in the Greek means it's, it's the word scandalon. And it's the part of a trap where the bait is set that makes you want to grab it. You ever seen the big bear traps? They got the big claws that open up, and the thing right in the middle where they set the piece of meat, that would be the scandal on. That'd be where the bait is set. And now listen to this. The bait is shiny. Listen, unforgiveness shines, man. Unforgiveness is shiny. A lot like this big shiny chain. It looks neat. It looks wow. I'm just gonna be mad at them. I'm gonna be mad at God. It looks shiny. It looks like you want to come touch it. It looks like you want to grab it. That's why it's called bait. The bait that the enemy uses to draw you in to get a grievance with God to keep you separated from it is if the devil can get you to think this. God really doesn't love you. If God really loved you, why would he let your boss treat you like that? If God really loved you, why would he let your grandmama die like that in a car accident when he knew you loved her so, so much? If God really, really loved you, why would he let your daddy have abused you your whole life growing up if God really loved you? If God really loved you, do you understand how Satan's baiting you to take an offense? <laughs> He's saying, just touch it. Just grab a hold of unforgiveness. Just grab a hold of it. And when you begin to grab a hold of unforgiveness, Satan's got you because here's what literally happens. Listen, the big thing the enemy wants you to do is to develop a grudge against the only one who can set you free from it. And if the enemy can get you to hold a grudge against God Almighty and separate you from him because of your choice, God is now powerless to set you free. That's why in forgiveness, it's your job to release it. It's your job to let it loose. It's your job to let it go. But it's Joel's job to, I can either stand here all day long and walk around with this on my neck, or it's my job to do this. God, I forgive you. Dang, that felt good. <laughs> Do you see the difference in the weight that you're carrying? Do you see the difference in the struggle that you're having in life? Offenses in your life are simply the bait that Satan uses that look shiny. That look like, wow, it would be so nice to get back at them. And he sets it up. So you want to touch it? You want to grab a hold of it? You want to grab it? But here's the problem. Once you grab it, it grabs you. 
Once you grab a hold of unforgiveness, unforgiveness grabs a hold of you. And here's the biggest issue. When you grab a hold of unforgiveness and you take an offense, it's literally like that trap that when you grab that thing that looks so shiny, because in the moment, in the flesh, in that second, you grab it out of emotion, ungodly thinking, or brokenness. You grab it, it grabs a hold of you. And when it grabs a hold of you, you better get out of it quickly because if you begin to get used to walking around in unforgiveness, you'll be in a trap the rest of your life. Jesus forgave so he could be free, not just to set you free. Jesus forgave so Joel T. Meyer could be set free. And if we do not, as the body of Christ, begin to walk in an area of forgiveness at an unprecedented level, the church will never be set free. And if we are not set free as a church, how are we supposed to go around preaching a gospel of freedom? Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But when you willfully put that bondage back on, you're walking around at a level that is completely bound up. So in freedom, to be set free, you got to start dealing with you. you got to start dealing with your issues. you got to start taking responsibility for you. I know you were abused as a kid, but now you're a grown adult. It's time for you to start taking responsibility for you. I know you had a bad childhood. I know the situation that you grew up in wasn't the best. I know your life wasn't fair. Get ready to join the party because nobody's life is. Nobody's life is. Can you imagine, uh, Damon, the person who had the most unfair life in the whole world was Jesus. It was Jesus. Can you imagine this? How easy it would have been for God, to, for Jesus to take an offense at God? When God sent Jesus to this earth and he saw all the junk that was going on and began to live it, he could have looked up at God and said, why did you do this to me? Why did you do this? And he could have begun to blame God. He could have begun to throw it back at God. Even on the cross, when he was hanging there, he could have sat there and said, God, I don't forgive him. I don't forgive him. And I shudder to think at what would have happened at that point if Jesus decided not to forgive if Jesus would have decided, I'm not going to forgive him, and sin would have grabbed a hold of him right there at the cross, I'm going to ask you this morning, what's got a hold of you? What's got a hold of you? Some of you are sitting here thinking, well, pastor, I don't have unforgiveness against anybody. My life really is good. Watch your life over the next five days, and the next time somebody says something, and you begin to go, oh, I hate it when they say that. You got an issue. You need to be set free from it. Whenever you're driving down the road, and somebody cuts you off, and you're fixing to go into your fit of road rage, you got an issue you got to deal with. And the longer you let it go, the worse it's going to begin to get. And you're letting sin begin to set in in your life. But here's the amazing thing. Jesus talks about this, or the Bible talks about this in Isaiah. It talks about you being set free. And it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. And he says, I remember your sins no more. I'm going to close with this. There's a common term out there in the church world that says if you're a believer, you must forgive and forget. Now, I need everybody to open up your minds when I talk about this. You're supposed to forgive and forget as a, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're truly loving Jesus, you need to forgive him and you need to forget it. There's, there's one problem with that. The one problem with that is this. God said this, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. And for my own sake, God says, for my own sake, I remember your sins no more. Now, here's the problem with that. We say God forgets, it's impossible for God to forget. Somebody who is omniscient, omni means all, science means knowledge. Somebody who has all knowledge, if he has all knowledge, but then he forgets, he's either not God or, or something's wrong. Because those are two contradicting terms. See, it's impossible for God to forget your sins, but it's not impossible for God to say, I choose not to remember them. 
That's a big difference. And here's the problem. You were created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. God says in Genesis chapter 3, I created man and I created woman. I created them in my image. In my image, I created them, the Bible says. And so you being created in the image of God, it's literally impossible for you to forget somebody else's sin also. But it's not impossible as an anointed believer of the Lord Jesus Christ for you to stand up and say, I choose not to remember it. Because it's under the blood, and I forgive me, and I forgive them, and I'm going to be set free, and I'm going to make sure they're set free, and we're going to go on living in victory. In forgiveness, you're going to have to choose not to remember. Now get this, the memory may still be there, but the pain will go. The memory may still be there, but the pain will go. I still remember some bad situations that happened to me in, in my life through, through circumstances. Some of my own choosing, some of not, but I remember them. But see, I can still remember the circumstance and I remember the situation, but the pain equated with it is gone. For you to be set free, you need to learn to forgive yourself. You need to forgive others because when you forgive others, you're setting yourself free. You need to forgive God. You need to turn loose of whatever grudge you have against God Almighty. Because as long as there's something between you and God, he can't move in your life the way he wants to. And if you're struggling with something that you just can't get past, and you're sitting here saying, Pastor, I, I've, I've forgiven him, I've made the decision, I said I forgive him, I forgive him, then you need to choose not to remember. 